0: everybody um today's staff officially is solid but now we've gone from the uh enviable 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 position of being ahead to the unenviable position of being behind so we have to really uh focused now today. Let's see if we can catch up. So we start on Gimel Amidalef, the, uh, the bottom third gufa. Okay, so we just had the Masechen Gmar- opened up with a fascinating different range of opinions about whether it's a mitzvah lakonot or usr Is this a good thing, not a good thing? Does it bring suspicion and fighting into the home? Or is it actually a way of dealing with potential problems and addressing them um, and not letting sort of, uh, you know, bad, uh, like, uh, things that actually could be very destructive, go unchecked, uh, so obviously might have a lot to do with the circumstances anyway, but two very different opinions. Um, and within that, the Gemara brought in a debate of Rabbi Akiv and Rabbi Yishmael, whether Mutzah or Mitzvah Lakanot. Um, and now the Gemara is looking at that in a wider context, so let's take a look. Gufa says the Gemara, um, let's go back to the original statement, this is about, I don't know, 20 lines on the bottom, right, a little bit above where it says Vayilachafalus in the right-hand margin proof up. Uh, but to me as he still, Steve so a man should be jealous of his wife, or warn his wife. Is the way they understood it. That's Rishus uh, going to Rabbi Rabbi No, it's an obligation. La Yitamah. Now we're going to have a list of cases in which they have a similar debate. To her, he should become tameh. Um, to his Kohen uh, sister who died, Rishus. It's a permission. Give He doesn't have to. if He doesn't want to. If there are others to take care of it, Rabbi Yekivo No, he has an obligation. Lo Rambahem Tavodu about slaves. You should, you shall work them for forever. Um, you can't free them is normally how it's read Rishus it's a permission to uh, enslave enslave them it, uh, you know the, the Canaanite slave Rebbe Ishmael, Rebbe Akiva Rechov but no it's an obligation so you have these uh, three debates so Some say This sounds like it's a general debate to interpret words to mean reshus or to mean chova. Now, from the simple reading of the Gemara, that sounds like a just a question. Is this a just a regular debate? Rashi reads this as bitnia, like rhetorically. What do they argue every single place? Like does Rabbi Rabbi Ishmael read every single thing in the Torah as reshus? Okay, the you know? <laughs> Obviously not. Like so that's the way Rossi reads it. What? I mean interprets every single thing in the Torah with Schuss. I don't necessarily read this as rhetorical, meaning there's some things which are clearly in the imperative and there are other things which are ambiguous. Right, ambiguous because of the fo- of the of the form of the verb. Like the kinei sto is a narrative; it's not in the imperative, right? Or lot might be an imperative, but it might be he he may. Meaning, there are some things which, just by context or by their grammatical form, are ambiguous whether they mean you're obligated or they mean you may. So, I don't think Rashi who says it means a. Oh, what Rabbi smell says every single mitzvah in the Torah is a That's the way Rashi means it. I read that it's a genuine question. Maybe by every time there's. Something ambiguous. Rabbi Shmuel is inclined to interpret it as a reshus, and Rabbi Akiva is inclined to interpret it as a chova. So, the Gemara. Let's see. Either way, let's see what a, what the answer is. So, the um, um There is something specific in this pasuk that pushes them in this direction. Which, A, might mean it's ambiguous, like I said, and B, maybe specifically pushes Rabbi Ishmael to go Rishus, and pushes Rabbi Akiva to say chova. but who knows, on another Pasuk, maybe they would argue in a different way. So let's look at each Pasuk individually. Um, now we're going to go with them one by one. Um, My time is Rabbi Shemel. So, what's getting Rabbi Shemel to say Some lucky look, like the following Tana to Tanya. Since the Torah had said in another place, you should not have hatred. You shouldn't have hatred against somebody. Maybe we should think that in a case where a man suspects his wife of adultery. He should say, you know what? Rather than raise my suspicions and to say something about it or whatever, better to like, you know, just keep showing by not say anything, even though I have real concerns. Okay? And maybe I, I'm obligated to do that. Maybe by saying something, it'll just, you know, sow hatred. No, he's allowed to. So meaning, there's a reason why I have to read the Pasuk as Vashos, because there would be a reason why I might think that it's also... So therefore, the first—if the Ruzak says do it then my first read will be it's permissible to do it, because without that, I might have thought it's actually forbidden to do so. So in this context, by the way, it does show you the tensions that are present, right? A concern about addressing a real problem that might be there, but if it's not a good, on a good basis, it might lead to real uh, hatred, right, into real uh, t- you know tension in the home and conflict. But that's why I need to read Ezra Shos, um, Rabbi Akiva. So what would Rabbi Akiva say back? That's a good argument no it says the Kinesi show twice it says you know vavala the yeah, <laughs> all right but why it didn't have to repeat it it could have just said he needs tomorrow but he tomorrow why did it have to repeat the kinyasi to tell you that it's a mitzvah under those circumstances rabbi and rabbi shmo would say back t'ma, and said, i the he since i had to speak about the two outcomes even now even would say the show a second time even though the second time was a little bit redundant yeah. <laughs> exactly so it, it might be that it repeats a whole section really to just tell you one new idea but it doesn't mean that we interpret every single word or every single part of that so really the second Pesach was just to tell you maybe it, maybe it didn't happen and once it was telling you maybe it didn't happen it repeated the scenario of the Kinesh show, but you don't learn out anything from the, the extra of the Though. This, of course, is the classic debate of the two schools of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmael, where Rabbi Ishmael is a type of Deber Torah koloshim Bnei Adam, right, with the, obviously, darshens the Psukim, but he's not going to focus on every little nuance, if it's just the normal way in which you would say something. And Rabbi Akiva is like, you know, dar, you know he darshins a filu kutso shoyud, you know, that every tiny little thing that's possible to Darshan, that it could have said it in a more terse way, and this letter seems extra, he's going to Darshan every single little thing, Way, normal explanation uh, sort of a uh, term that scholars have come up for for Rebbe Akiva is omni Everything means something, okay? So therefore, and Rebbe Ishmael says, no, sometimes it's just a way of talking. So maybe they don't, maybe Rebbe Ishmael doesn't always say Rishos and Rebbe Akiva doesn't always say Chova. but maybe there's something that's, push, that's, that's pushing Rebbe Akiva to say Chova that doesn't push Rebbe Shmael. Because Rebbe Akiva will look at an extra thing, uh, something that seems a little bit redundant or a little extra and that's going to push him to the next level. It's not just Rishos, it's actually telling you obligated because there's something a little extra in the Pasuk. And Rabbi Yishmael isn't, isn't persuaded by the little extra. But they start by Rishos because because without the Pasuk, you would have thought it actually would have been Asr. Okay, so that's in terms of the Kineas Now the Gemara goes on. Um, okay. Raii Tama, by a Kohen whose sister has died. And to her he should become Tamei. Rishos, Dibre Shmeel. That's a Rishos. Now, uh, what does it mean it's a Rishos? Like what? He's a out to uh, let her just uh, not, not be buried. So it means if, let's say, there's somebody else um, that, that's available, right? if you take a look at Tosos, let's say, first of all, he's doing uh, some other mitzvah. He doesn't have to stop and take care of burying his sister. Okay, to the Tanya, again, assuming somebody else is available, right, or let's say he's very protective of his kahuna status. And he doesn't want to become Teme? Okay, so, it says, so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that's meaning, that's the scenario of Rabbi Akiva. I come to that. That's the scenario of Rabbi Akiva saying a mitzvah. Rashir is saying, you're allowed to if you want to. But if you don't want to, and there's somebody else available to take care of it, and you have a good reason why you're not taking care of it, because you want to protect your kahuna, or because you're the mitzvah, then you don't have to. That's, that according, to, that's according to Rabbi Yishamel. No, it would apply to all the crowd. Oh, and Rabbi I'm Akiva, really? yeah, yeah, we're not distinguishing. It's just that's where the puzzle is. And Rabbi Akiva would say, no, I don't care if you're the mitzvah, I don't care how much you want to protect your kahuna you have a mitzvah to be mitzvah to mitzvah okay so that's the debate so um, so my time at Rabbi Shemel What's the reason of Rabbi Shemel we start with a presumption that a kohen can't become to anyone so it's so it's the same idea without the pasuk I would have said it's forbidden it says don't become tame. so I would have included relatives so the first thing I read into the pasuk is not a mitzvah but a permission okay Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Akiva would say back, one minute. Let's take a look." Okay, see, I'm um, sorry, I'm sorry, No, no, no. Before it got to La Yitama, it already said, "Kim lishayro akarave laviv limo, lachiv." What is it? La, Kim lishayro akarave elav, limo, laviv. Okay? So it already said he could become Tommy LaCrovin. And it could have just said So Why did it have to repeat la It already told you he could be its mutter. So, so the repetition be... of la is to tell you mitzvah. Okay? Um, so, to tell you it's an obligation. So that's a pretty good argument. That's not just a little redundancy. And I could have just said, period. No, it is telling you something. Only to her, not to her limbs, which basically means, if a, well, it could mean she has to be whole, which is a discussion Tosin brings in, which, which you're remembering from Nazir. But the more immediate thing it means is that if a limb falls off while she's alive, so and she, then he cannot be in the to bury a limb okay assuming that she is alive if she is dead and, she's, and her body is in various limbs that's a different that's a more of a debate okay Revi Akiva so that's what it's telling you you're right it's extra but to tell you that halacha what would Revi Akiva say back in Cain, lift of Rachmanah, la. The we spoke, so then they say la. Of course, again the the rhythm dangling. dangling, the rhythm, you know, the grammar, the rhythm of the pasuk wouldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? So anyway, yitama lamali, why does it have to have the verb? Shmami na to tell you not only that, to, that for her body as opposed to for her individual limbs, that it's only about her body, it's not about her individual limbs, but to tell you that there's an obligation. It's not just permitted. Yishmael, and Rabbi Shmael would say, no, I give the law. It had to say law to tell you this difference about body versus limbs. It repeated the verb. Same point again. Once, I, once it's saying, telling me something I need to know, I'm not going to darshan the extra word of yitama to tell me it's a mitzvah. That's just, you know, that's just deeper Torah It had to tell me law, so it also uses a verb of yitama, or else the it would have sounded weird. So again, what we're seeing is while they don't necessarily go in by saying I'm going to read everything as a reshus, and the Rebbe he doesn't go and say I'm going to read everything as a Chauva but they do go in with saying with Rebbe Ishmael sort of saying I'm not not going to necessarily say every little extra thing is telling me something extra. And Rabbi Akiva says, no, I am going to say that. So therefore, once the Pesach starts by telling you shows, does it also tell you in addition to Rishost, Rabbi Akiva is more naturally going to read it to go to the next level. Okay, so that's that debate there. Okay, now let's do the third thing. Olam um, tavodu ta'avodu Okay, to you said and work them forever as slaves. These are the Canaanites. That's a or, or whatever slaves you buy from the other nations. That's permission. The Rebbe Shmuel, the I have to tell you, of all of these. Well, I mean, the uh, Reshus Chova issue by by uh, by Sot is also a, a question that like raises value questions, like we've been discussing from the very beginning, right? The Gemara says that even if you say Reshus, it means it's not a bad thing. might mean it's an ambivalent thing. There might be competing values there, right? But it's not a bad thing, right? There's really three ideas. Kanot, and chova l-kanot. okay but the hardest one to get your head around is Rabbi Akiva that says like it's a mitzvah a mitzvah just because you're jealous I mean maybe you're wrong maybe there are other ways to work this out rather than uh, than dafka being the kane okay so here too Rabbi Akiva's Rebbe position of chova is very challenging from a values perspective it's an obligation meaning you're not allowed to free your slaves you, you must keep them enslaved right as opposed that's the way Rebbe Akiva you know, I think a very reasonable read of the Sukim in the Torah even though the Torah allows for the institution of slavery is not that the Torah thinks slavery is a good thing or endorses it but you know let's, let, let's just face it for like 3,000 years from the time the Torah was given even in the, you know, even in the uh, uh, you know, enlightened Western world we didn't get around to you know, you know freeing slaves until about oh, what is it, 150 years ago okay so it wasn't an institution that was, easily to, was easy to uproot so it's a very reasonable read of the Torah that the Torah sort of you know, like accepting the reality of slavery, but trying to wean us away from it. You know, uh, you know certainly the very fact that right after the Teresa Dibras, you know right after, uh, you know like the first mitzvot in the in mishpatim around uh, around how you deal with your slaves. You know, so the Torah is trying to make it more humane. It's trying to you know w- you know trying to improve it and get us you know maybe maybe to put us on a track away from slavery. Mm-hmm. Then, now they also someone on the process. Of becoming a member of the Jewish people, only if he is free, right. right? But now he's not free. Then he has this like quasi status. To yeah, have that in mind as it were. No, Adarabba. Then you say why? All the more reason to say it's a of freedom yeah, to free yeah, to make him Jewish. <laughs> he says it's us to free them. So you know. So right, right. So anyway. So I think that I think it's that that's God. a yeah. to free So it's a very reasonable read. I think you know that the Torah is trying to get us. I mean, if you read you know the Pesukim in Yirmiyah where they weren't freeing their even Hebrew slaves after seven years like this was an institution that it was not easy to eradicate so that the Torah was trying to put us on the right path okay but ultimately ideally it's not you to really say that the Torah was not happy with slavery it's not a crazy read of all of Parshish, or all of like Sefer Shmos okay that, that's if you say B'Shuz if you say Chova. It's very hard, you know, to understand the and say the Torah isn't happy with slavery. Unless, of course, you say some way to read it that maybe the realities of that time, you know, somehow that would have done something that would have been somehow, you know, wouldn't have worked in that time to be individuals to be freeing their slaves. But I don't know. Oh, That's I'm something... No, i killing them, right? Those are your two options. No, no, no. But the way is read is, is that you're not, if you have a slave, you're not allowed to free it. Especially if when you free your slave, he becomes Jewish or she becomes Jewish. Right? So why would... It, have been, you know, why, why would it have been usher? No, you're talking about specifically you said, Kain-nice. we'll get yeah, to that, in, no, 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 we'll, well, we'll get to that in a minute, no, they're not really, they're, yeah. How does the, how does come down? So, yeah, so generally, based on other Gemara's, it sounds like it's basically yeah. Paskin's chova, yeah, it's usher to free a slave. Now, the Gemara has scenarios where somebody freed a slave, he freed a slave in order to make a minion, he free the slave to Israel, that that okay, So, the Gemara says, fine, it's mutter if there's some, you know, if there's some purpose for it. So, look, maybe that's the way to read it, that to free slaves without there being a purpose, know, you know, I don't know, somehow could have seemed somewhat destructive to something of the social fabric, I don't know, okay, but it is, a, it's, it's harder to get your head around, it's harder to explain that, right, together with an idea that this is, uh, that the Torah is against the institution of slavery, within, the, within a Rebbe Akiva approach. We, sure. we should be aware, by the way, you know, during the uh, Civil War, uh, rabbis yeah. in the right. South, uh, not only, I mean, whatever, ministers or whatever, but rabbis included, you know, they've supported. supported slavery based on the Ipsukim of the Torah, yeah. How do, you, how do you know that, I mean, this is so, how do you know that um, he doesn't mean it's a choba to, to take the place, to take the place? Um, Just based on other Gemara's that speak about, you know, that it's usulashachref avdo because of Lola ben Tavodu. Yeah, now maybe it's true. Maybe those Gemara's are doing, I, I'd have to check. I don't remember if they exactly caught Rebbe Akiva. They just say usulashachref avdo because of Lola ben Tavodu. Maybe you could read Rebbe Akiva slightly differently, but at least those Gemara's say it's usulashachref avdo, you know. Yeah than us. I was just going to say I also kind of that's just like the argument that it was indestructible oh, the social not, just, not as the social fabric but for the slaves themselves oh. like it's for their own good that we're enslaving like that yeah they wouldn't know what to do with themselves in oh you mean from a particular perspective right that the slaves need to be taken care of and they can't whatever that yes. that's that, right, right that that's why there might have been we're an we're understanding, understanding, understanding saying, like, right that right. might have been what informed it right okay it's could it's be yeah <laughs> to well oh, we no, no, that, no, okay no, we haven't no, Said came not yet. Let's take a look at what the Gemara says about that. Okay, I mean I've been saying Let's take a look at the Gemara. Okay. Okay, Rebbe Kiva McCovra. We'll my time is Rebbe Yishmael. what's the reasoning of Rebbe Yishmael? Um, Rebbe Kiva uh, my time is Rebbe Yishmael. I need the costa, so why do you need those shows to enslave them? Now of course we would say, What do you mean, enslaving human beings? But let's see what the Gemara says. I because of the Gemara doesn't make it about enslaving people, the Gemara makes it about the fact that we might be talking when we say Evet Kanani," we don't just mean Canaanite, we mean any non Jewish slave. But we are talking to some degree also about Canaanites. Let's take a look. Yeah, okay, I did well, let's take a look. I did los kol nishama, do not leave anyone alive of the seven uh, Canaanite nations. So it's tricknamid, a Mishri not to allow you to enslave a normal Canaanite, no, then you actually do have to kill. But to allow Akimikolum Shabbala if, a, if a another nation a man, a man from another nation had sex with a Canaanite woman one of the seven Canaanite nations the holy Nimena Ben gave birth to a son so that's a Rishayli Knoto that you're allowed to say because that child is not Canaanite because actually we go by we go by national identity well look in Judaism as well you know we also go by by the man for tribal identity which of the Shvatim by Judaism. Right, Judaism we don't fine but this is ultimately about tribal identity let's face it it's a patriarch the fact that Jewishness goes by the mother is a very strange in an entire patriarchal sort of society you know everything else is patriarchal so this like everything else is patriarchal Your national identity goes by the father and this Pesach is teaching you that so it's not saying that it's, it's instead of killing them it's teaching you that because if it's, a Jew, if, it's a, if, if, if it's a non-Canaanite father and a Canaanite mother the child isn't Canaanite and that's what it's teaching you once it's not Canaanite you're allowed to enslave it you don't have to kill them okay so or anyway? Well, no, if in Eretz Yisrael, we're assuming that they're in Eretz Yisrael, but it was a non Canaanite father. Okay, so <laughs> how do you know this scenario, born from a non Canaanite father and a Canaanite mother, that you can purchase as a slave and meaning you don't? It's not a Canaanite in the mitzvah of. From those who dwell among you, you can buy from them. So again, the assumption is, if the if the man is not Canaanite, he we're fundament, fundamentally focusing on the man. He lives outside, but he's temporarily residing here because he married a Canaanite woman. Okay, so from them you can buy the children of those that have. Temporarily settled here. Okay? Maybe the same would be in the reverse. That if a Canaanite man had sex with a non-Canaanite woman, maybe the child also would not be Canaanite and you would allow to be allowed to enslave and not have to kill the child that were born in your nation, from those that are born here, but don't really belong here. Meaning, their father lives outside, and they don't really belong here. Because again, the assumption is they belong where their father is. So those who are dwelling here, who are born here, but don't really live here, those you can purchase. The Lomian Agarim, those who really live here, the father is Canaanite, so they really live here, those you're not allowed to purchase. Okay? So basically, the puzzle isn't really telling you something about the permission to enslave. it's really telling you that you don't have to kill them. They're not part of the Canaanite nations, and it's telling you the principle that for, you know, national identity, we go by the father. Okay? So that's what it's telling you. It's only permitting it. It's not obligating it to purchase. Purchase them, Rabbi Akiva. What would Rabbi Akiva say back? No, the pasuk says Why does it have to, after saying from them you may purchase? Why does it have to say That entire phrase is extra. Okay, well, I'm sorry, so it's not extra because we had laws by every year. He goes after three, after six years, maybe it would have thought, be, okay, you can buy him, you don't have to kill him, but you will set him free at some point. Um, yeah, but that mitzvah is never said by them. And so it's just it's the silence there. There's no, you know, I hear your point. Maybe I would have learned out some Ebed Ivri, but the, that never seems to be a Havamina. Okay? But you are right. I mean, if you were a Rebbe Yishmael person, it's like, okay, I could have figured it out, but the bus is just clarifying that it's different than Ebed Ivri. Maybe. But that's already, to that starts by saying, I already know it's permissible. It says, it says, it says So why does it say, So why does it say, So basically, it is exactly what... Well, let's see if it's exactly. I'm trying to remember what Rashi says. Yeah, well, okay, Rashi says it a little differently. Michael would have said, you, only then, but don't treat your brothers the same way. Now, Michael says it means, because your brothers you have to free after six years, which is actually very reasonable. Rashi says, means, means, like, you're allowed to really, like, you know, make them work like real slaves. Whereas by... uh, when you buy a, a Hebrew slave, you know you work them as a hired hand. You don't tr- you treat them differently. You don't treat them as you don't enslave them, even during the time that they're your slave. You don't enslave them. Okay, so that's what it's coming to tell you, but not as a chovah. Rabbi Akiva, You learn it from the end. Oh, this is why Rashi says it because we're not talking about the seven or the six versus la Ulam. We're talking about how to treat it. Because look, already in the end of the pasuk, don't work with them with brack Backbreaking labor. He said, Ishmael, I did a him. Yeah, it could have just said, don't, you know, it already says, "Your brothers, you don't treat this way. But once we're talking about that, we're going to say them. You do treat this way. We'll just say it in contrast. It's not really treating, teaching you anything new. The chidditani debei know, The old is still telling you you can obey them as an Yeah, you're 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 right. Your brothers, you don't do avodah that, and them you do. Obviously, you could have just implicitly said it could have been implicit. Okay, you could have been implicit. It said it explicitly. The at debei rebbei Shmuel. back to what we said before. So Rebbe Akiva is going to read this as an explicit extra phrase to tell you Mitzvah and Rabbi Schmel is gonna say, no, it was telling you something anyway, so it's threw in this extra phrase. It's really not telling you anything new. But we have these three way debates of Mitzvah chow, and again, not like Rabbi is always committed to reading something as Rashus but just that's where he'll more often wind up because he doesn't read with omni significance, so he's not always going to get to the next stage of saying Khova. I want to say one of the things before we continue about the Rishish and chovah, whereas our Gemara made it based on this question about like darshaning an extra word by the kinei Tosus brings an important discussion in the Yerushalmi that makes it based on a different issue, and that's on the debate at the end of kiddushin in the Mishnah, which is what basis of what is the you know what is sufficient grounds for divorce. Mm-hmm. according to Beit Hillel or Rebbe Akiva sufficient grounds for divorce is yeah, basically your yeah. yeah, guy just gets tired of his wife he wants to marry another woman right a few you know so Rebbe Shammai says yeah. no you don't have grounds for divorce unless she really has committed adultery so the, the Rebbe Shammai says that's what the debate is because if basically this is going to be you know if, if if you don't like if you the man again you know suspicious of your wife and you don't th- and, you th- and you think she might be cheating on you whatever you might think fine then you have an option just divorce her right so either work it out or divorce her who says that you have to the kinest show? so according to that would not be a, would not be a mitzvah maybe it wouldn't even be a reshuz you should work it out some other way you always have an option of divorce but if you have no option of divorce unless it's unless you bring proof that she committed adultery, and then, then you and, and you have these suspicions, then what are your choices, right, in that case? And then you got the only real available path is to try to do something to clarify this type of an issue. So it's interesting that Yushami wants to sort of go that way. Tosa says that clearly doesn't work according to us, because we have Rabbi Akiva saying Chova, and the same Rabbi Akiva is the one that says that a, per- a man can divorce his wife even if he just, you know, wants to marry a, just th- 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 would rather marry another woman. So there's no, there's nothing that to push you to have to do the kinesi show right if you have suspicions you have whatever fine either work it out or divorce or who has to say that you know why is the kinesi show the necessary path according to that but it is interesting that it wants to tie it in to, uh, to that question yes Jenna I, I wonder if it's uh, not a question that we, so we like kind of revolve into conversation about slavery and uh, you know what, what happens to people who the rules. Kind of control their life for so them, like when mm-hmm. we're talking about, I don't know, like wh- who is a, what is a woman, what is a wife, like where does she fit into this, like ha- like what part of society is required to part of society that gets to kind of control things for herself? Is she like? aha uh-huh. like, uh-huh.
1: like, where? You, you mean
0: just discussing slaves in the same con- 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 juxtaposed to in women and how much right, sort of things, know, how much things are being controlled by the man, the, the you know the husband slash the master, and so on. Or on and right. We that's we, a nice you know, point. Like what gets subjected by making that juxtaposition that's a very nice point okay yeah so that's what Tosa says Tosa says he doesn't really understand thank you for saying that he doesn't really understand the Ushami because you know why would you need to go the social route necessarily the very fact that this woman is being in private with other men is a violation of like Yichud of Das Yehudis that should be enough Yushalmi like what is the level of Yushalmi that Beit Shammai need definite proof of adultery Right? Or so. right. yeah. Well, yeah. And so anyway, so raises exactly <laughs> that question. Uh, I forget. Anyway, but the, um, okay. So let's take a look now. The Gmar says continues. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, where are we? Okay. I'm Like three lines before the lines get wide. Zinusta Bevesa, now we're getting back to the question about mitzvah or whatever, okay, but it's going to take an interesting turn, so let's take a look. If there is uh, adultery in the house, or fornication, whatever, somebody is cheating on somebody, we're going to see who, who, kikariu l'shumshama, shama. right, it's like, it would be like a worm in the sesame seeds, I hate that, when the worms get into the sesame seeds, anyway, it means, like there's rot in the house, okay, that not only, obviously, whatever the, however tremendous the Aveira is, okay, it also destroys the well-being of the house, now how does it destroy the well-being of the house, that we would think it has to do with, now this also seems to be in the camp of mitzvah lakanos, or at least encouraging it, because one argument is a man's mekanda to his wife. If it's baseless, it just leads to you know to fighting and jealousy and tension and hostility. Yeah, but what happens if if there is somebody who is cheating and nothing is being done about it? That also rots away at the marriage. Okay, so if it goes unchecked, that also brings rot to the house. So that's what he says. So we'll develop that in a minute. Rav took for bevesa. On the other hand, if there's fighting in the house. That's also like the worm in the sesame seed. So, either, so one of the, you know, you're, you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Either, you know, if, if, it's, if, if there is a good basis for it, you've got to deal with it. If there's not a good basis for it, then you can't be extra machmir and deal with it because that will lead to fighting and that also is destructive to the marriage. So, how do you deal with it? So, I.D. Be'isosa. Now, listen to what the Gemara says. Both of these are, if it's the woman, if it's the woman who's uh, committing adultery, or if the woman who is sort of uh, fighting which, uh, being the source of uh, you know anger Tukvah is also like anger if Abhagavra if it's just the man doing it less than then it doesn't have those ramifications which is like what? so basically Rashi says you know because if the woman is off you know, having an affair, she's not taking care of the kids, and she's not cooking and cleaning, so therefore, like, it creates big problems, okay? Where if it's for the man who's doing it, he's never at home anyway, so it doesn't affect the family life, okay? Now, I don't exactly get why the cost is only a problem when it becomes, when it comes from the woman as opposed to the man. But anyway, so really, it's like, on the one hand, you know, halakhically it's not adultery, unless, well, unless it's a man is doing it with a married woman. But in a polygamous society, a man cheating on his wife, is not adultery because right because it's home, because a man in theory could have multiple wives. So, but the Gemara is not talking about the nature of the sin. It's talking again again about the real world impact. <laughs> but, right, but it really is interesting, right? About uh, you know about uh, the about, about about sort of again like focusing on it when it's coming from the woman. And if even the anger point is about the woman, I don't exactly get the logic of that. Maybe it's the same point. If the wife is angry at her husband, she's not gonna cook and clean and she's gonna whatever. You know, and the uh, basic take, taking care of the home isn't going to get it done in the right way. So if that's the way it is, then it's not the tension that I try to frame it. Like, you know, you can't be angry when it's not deserved, but you can't let this go unchecked, and therefore you're sort of caught in this balance of figuring out how to deal with it when there are these suspicions. According to this, no, it's all, always the woman's fault. The man should always, you know, be Makana because his anger isn't the problem, and it's her, her anger and it's her, her cheating that's the problem, never his. So that totally puts it in the mitzvah of camp right and totally sort of dumps on the woman alright so now the Gemara says like this the um, uh, before Israel sin now you normally think that means the ego but it actually means before there was sexual sin okay <laughs> the, 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 the divine presence presumably the divine presence would be with every individual now this sounds like it means every individual but Rashi actually says it means in every household like God would be present in every home <laughs> he's in the midst of your camp like right there you he's in each person's home once they sin with the sexual sin The if God sees you know sexual sin the God will recoil, distance himself from you so therefore this is basically when there's discord or sexual sin in the home and here it's not focusing at least here on the, man, on the woman specifically you know then God's presence isn't in the marriage right there's the you know, I mean, there's sin and there's uh, jealousy and fighting and all those types of things, so God is no longer part of that marriage it, it, it affects the sanctity of the marriage so now a little change of uh, tone anybody who does one mitzvah in this world it will, it will walk in front of him um, for the olam haba, I meaning you will accompany him in olam haba and be there to sort of proclaim this person's righteousness, your righteousness will walk in front of you anybody who does any sin and often sin is sexual sin it, it, it wraps itself around you and walks in front of you to the day of judgment. Now, not L'Olam Habah, because the L'Olam precedes L'Olam Habah. And if it's going to be there wrapping itself around you at the time of judgment, you're not going to make it Olam Habah, right? Because it's, prena- it's going to sort of cleave to you and, you know, proclaim your wickedness. Um, their, the, the, their pals will sort of, you know, sort of, um, Uh, entangle themselves they will go up into nothingness and they will be wasted away and they'll be lost it's, it, it, it ties itself to you like a dog or, uh, by Yosef and Ashes he didn't listen to her to lie with her to be with her in this world he would wind up if he slept with her being with her even in the future world because she would like you know she and the sin would never leave him again I don't exactly get the Kikelev imagery but okay it would be completely like entangled with you it's not so now, what we, what we seem to be doing is now shifting to, with all that statement before, and everything has been about the woman committing adultery, and even that very power, difficult statement that, oh, you know, adultery affects the well-being of the home, that's when it's the woman. It's like that one line that the Gemara threw in. By the way, I would say that that was not originally part of Rabbi Shita's statement, but who knows? Okay, anyway, the Gemara said it was only the, the woman doing it. Now we're shifting to the man. It says, when Israel sinned, right, the Shina departed, we're no longer talking about the woman. Now we're saying, if the if a man sins, right, does a mitzvah, it'll precede him, but if he sins, it'll keep, keep him away from Olam Habbat, it'll wrap itself around him. Now we're sort of shifting to the man's sexual sins away from the woman and presume, and talking about the consequences of those. Alright. Um, so now the march is like this. Non Hossam. Shahayah it was a, it, this was a, it, it, it made now, okay Okay. so that's the end of the agadasha back to halacha okay so that's the end of all these questions mitzvah lakanos It's usher lakanos you know, and also bringing a little bit this question of the man versus the woman into the conversation. Now we get back to the issue about the belief of an Eid Echad. After Kino and we believe in Eid Echad, and therefore she gets divorced without a ksufa. Okay, Tanan Hase, we're over there. Sheha It would have made, made logical sense. Uma edus habishona, the first testimony of kinui and Stira sheosarta Sarta olam. That's not for forever. You can always address it through drinking the sota water. Enem is kayemet You need two witnesses, right, for the warning and maybe even for the uh, secluding. Edus achrona, the final testimony that the, when somebody actually testifies that she committed adultery, sheosarta isur olam. That that's That's the end. After that testimony, she'll never be permitted to her husband again. There's no sota t- water to do logically that should have required two because it's final so certainly we should have had a high threshold so the Torah teaches the aid ain't ba there's not an aid so any, any witness would be enough again we were reading this different ways before we read it there aren't two witnesses there's one now we're reading it there's not one witness, there's no witness, but if there's any witness, then that will make her forbidden. Either way, we learn from the Pasuk, one witness is, uh, that she has committed adultery after there was witnesses of kinoy and stira makes her considered, makes it final. Right? Again, not enough to prosecute her, but enough to say she's divorced without a k'suva, she has no recourse, there's no sota water to drink, and so on. She so, drank the water, and then the No, t- t- no, t- no, no. Kinoy and stira, and then Eidechat before sota water. Before so, the, so that Eidechah says, you're not allowed to do the sota. The test, you're assumed to have definitely committed adultery, you're divorced without a ksuva. So the Kiddush is that even though that makes it final, we allow only one aid, aid. the reason being because we've already laid the groundwork with the kino and the Sira. But nevertheless, you might have said we demand two aid for that, that's that's final. No, the Torah teaches even one aid. If we, okay? She okay. would have been stoned, right? If they, right, two witnesses with one, she would have been stoned, but maybe nevertheless, anything less than two wouldn't have counted for anything. So okay. okay, so, um, Okay, the if that's true, now let's go back and say, Oh, if one witness works at the end, maybe one witness should work in the beginning. So if this final one that makes a permanently forbidden one witness yeah. does that the first one of Kino and Stira. that ultimately it just leads to the test of the soda water it's not final maybe one would suffice because there's a nakedness found so two witnesses the matter is established so Ervatavar means that it was the foundation was laid with two witnesses right Okay, so that's how we know that you start with two, but one witness at the end finalizes it. So the says, one minute. Hi, mi chimata nafka. One minute. Do we learn it from ervastavar? Mi ba nafka. We learn it from ba. Eid ain't ba. Right? Ba velo Ba velo What we said the other day, which is two witnesses you don't need for the actual adultery to testify, but only ba. Only by that. Do you not need two witnesses? By the laying of the groundwork, by the Kinoe and the Stira, you do need two witnesses. So we learn it from the word Ba. So the Gemara says, I'm um, sorry, did I line? Yeah. You're right, that is what it's saying. You're right, even though we learned it from Tavar, I mean, this isn't Peshach and the Breitta, we're going to try to reconcile it with what we said yesterday, and we're going to say, yeah, fine. So, two you need, one you need for... The, uh, alt, for the act of adultery at the end, that that suffices. But the ba is telling you that's only for the act at the end. At the act at the beginning, the kinu and the stira, you need it too. And that we learn from the word ba. But then what do you do with the ervatavar part of the breitta? That's another point. The tumba, the alma, below kinu, below stira, the law man, and the Now, if one witness works to say she committed adultery after kinu and stira, what about one witness who just, without any groundwork, just showed up and said, I saw a woman commit adultery? How do we know that? that Eidachad would not be believed. How do we know we only believe Eidachad after Kinoi mm-hmm. and Because we know normally Ervatavar Testimony to adultery, to arayot, requires two. The general rule is two, and we learned that from Ervat Tabar. So it's only here do we have a special ex- exception that one witness suffices if it comes after Kino Institute. And again, not the prosecutor, but just to say she's divorced without her two, but there's no recourse in terms of you know, her status vis-à-vis her husband, okay? So we learn out that for the witness who testifies to commit adultery, one is enough it follows we kinu'i instira. We need two for kinu'i instira to lay the groundwork. And we, and we need two, erratavar, for, for a normal testimony of adultery if there is no groundwork that's been previously laid. I forget, what's the limit on oslo um, again? That if you have a card of three, that even one person, you know, echemem karvo pasel, puzzle is even a card of three. Right. right, that three is like two, and they have equal weight of two, and so on. Okay. Torah of Brahman. shona, when it talks about first and last, so what does first mean? Zu edus stira. It's of going into seclusion, and also kinoi. Uh, okay. Eidos achrona, the last one, that one is enough. So what's that about? Zu edus That's the actual committing of adultery. And now, we get to a fun little gemara, so, I think even though we only have 13 minutes left, so I think we will get to the bottom of the page. Okay? So, okay, so you'll take a look. Okay, hold your breath. Okay, but no, but you'll see. You'll see. V'chama Now, how much, how much time do they, does she have to be in private to be considered that, you know, she's a sota, that she might have committed adultery, and that's how much time counts. Today, t'chum'ah, the time it takes to, have to be tame, which is what? It says, the, the nistara, that's now the lesson of the possible. So the stew is significant because it has the possibility of tum'a. Now, what's tum'a? Today It's to have sex. Intercourse. What is the definition of intercourse? Today ha'ara. Ha'ara means just the, the insertion of the tip of the penis into the vagina. Okay? It's not tumar which is like the full insertion of the shaft. It's just ha'ara. Okay? The crown. Now, how long is that? Okay, today, her stack out. the time it takes to walk around a, tr- uh, a palm tree, not too long, what is that, uh, 10 seconds, I don't know, how big of a palm tree is it? So, the question here always is, as the Gemara is going to say... No analogy, guys, it's just a palm tree. Exactly, exactly, it's just a palm tree. Sometimes the palm tree, okay. Now... Uh, of course the question here is the Gemara is going to say just because you might be wondering so I just put it out the table right now the Gemara is going to say that that means that the, 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 that the seduction has already taken place all that's left to take place is the act the so, yushalmi also adds it's also the time assuming that also the clothes are already off Okay, so everything and how much ever does sex take after the seduction and after the close? off, has to be showing that They all the clothes, just says the belt is undone. But anyway, um, how how long does that take? Okay, uh, and we're just talking about Kideha ha'ara. Right, which that means, just, by the way, I should just point it out, it also means that it doesn't even require an erection because okay? so, you might have wondered about that too so anyway, so therefore we can have a very short amount of time this becomes, by the way, practically relevant um, when the question is, after the chuppah how long do you need for yichl? Okay, so anyway, but you'll see, these times are very short, like what are they, a minute maybe I mean, I don't know how long they work of some of these times are a little bit longer that, anyway, today the time it takes to mix a glass of of wine the time it takes to drink it the time it takes to fry an egg you could all figure out whatever imagery is going through your head I'm not going to talk about that to swallow the egg you just, you just, you just fry no 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 it has to be the time it takes to swallow three eggs and the time it takes to tie the like edges of two uh, like of a of a, a string together. The time it takes for her, and all of a sudden we switch to her to stick her her, her hand into her um, into her mouth and to remove like a, uh, like a like a like a like a splinter, a twig, you know, a, a toothpick. The time it takes for her to stick her hand into a basket to take a loaf of bread out of a basket now we're going to get why at least this last image was used because for the sake of a of a you know of a of, of, of a um, a uh, uh, prostitute woman, uh, for, uh, even until a loaf of bread. So exactly what that pasuk means, we'll get to later. But somehow the comparison is being made of a woman, uh, you know, uh, uh, sexual sin together with a loaf of bread. So we gave that imagery. The honey Lomeli. So why do you need all of, the meaning before we get to the Machlokes, why do I have to say, Stira Tuma Bia Ha'ara? Just say k'deihara. Why did you have to go through that whole list of sturatuma bihaara? So strichi the itani k'deih tuma. had it just said tuma. Avi amina k'deih tuma v'artzotah. The time it takes to have sex and the seduction that precedes it. Tamash malan k'deih biya. No, just the act itself. The itani k'deih biya. just said the act of intercourse. Avi amina k'deih It means the the completion of the act, right? The full insertion. No, just the tip. We have have adjusted that without the preceding phrases. Have fine, but that's together with the seduction that preceded it. Okay. So by saying here is that's just the Pasuk. is Bia means, we're not talking about the seduction, we're just talking about the bare act itself. And then to go from Bia to Ha'ara tells you and even that bare act itself is defined only in its most minimal terms, which is Ha'ara, the insertion of the tip, and not the full, not the full Bia. Well, the word Atsotah means her desire. Heart well, ta, right. no, the to to get, her, to get her to be wrote there, which means the seduction, right? right. The question, yes. The tumah here is metaphorical; it's not, there's no actual. Correct. Seduction. Correct. But that becomes a word that gets used a lot by v'heinit ma'ab by as to speak about it. That she becomes forbidden to her husband, and then it gets applied to actually other areas of Tuma like something tumor, brishut harabim. But yes, here it means not the type of tumor we normally talk about. It means that she has sinned sexually. Okay. But yes, but the important point though here is is that the Torah is not just talking about a sin but that somehow that a sin changes her personal status right it doesn't change the man's status but it somehow defiles the woman and that is going to have relevant halacha that then she becomes forbidden to her husband and so on okay um, now the kidehah kafas deka walking around upon me Rami, we have a b'raika that seems to be almost the exact same positions but they're almost like on a one shift in terms of who says what from our from our, from our the thing we just quoted v'nistira v'chamah lo shamanu we don't know kashu have now, how much is that? Khazarastekel, So, as opposed to saying, we have Rabbi Ishmael saying, Ha'kafas and here it has Rabbi Eliezer saying, Chazaras which sounds like it's the same to go around a tree. <laughs> But in our Brayta, the Pov, Rabbi Akiva was the next, Rabbi Lez was the next position, of Kedem Musikas Kos. So you'll see, everything here seems to be like a one shift. Rabbi Yoshua Omer Kedem Yuzikas HaKos. Right? So everybody's like the one position prior than was said in our Tosaf But but the Omer Kedem Yuzikas To drink the cup. Rabbi Akiva Omer Kedem Yuzikas HaKos. Rabbi Okay, so again, if we had a whiteboard and more time, I would line up the positions, but you can sort of, if you look quickly, you'll see, everybody seems to be saying the one, position, sort of prior to the one they were quoted in, in the first Brita. But the Gemara, rather than just saying that you know, that there's a machlokas who said what, is going to try to reconcile all these positions. Okay? We assumed, Walking around the tree is the same as Chazara, which seems to be the same thing. So now, how do the positions work out? The Brita we started with, Rabbi Shmael said, The Rabbi Lezer argued, and he said, pouring the cup of wine. And hach, Amar Rebbe Leezer, Kadei Chazar Aztekel. In our Breitah, Rebbe Leezer is saying, Chazar So it sounds like it's, but Rebbe Leezer, we are using Rebbe so Chazar Aztekel must be different. So Amar Baye, hachafah beregah Chazar beruach. All right, they are different. Chazara is walking around it. Chazara of Rabbi Eliezer in the second brayta means that the the wind blew the palm tree and it blew it and it you know and, and it blew it and then it was and then it, it swayed and it swayed back to its original position. So, asked, how do you define what that time is that it swayed back it went to, you know it sort of bent and then it returned upright or even after it gets upright it's still like settling so does it include the time that it has to settle you know and stop moving at all or just get back upright okay take you we don't know fine moving on now in the first rite the Rebbe said kidei Post, pouring a cup of wine. in the second breitah, he says, that it is the swaying of the palm tree. So, how do, you, how do you reconcile that? Okay, they're both the same amount of time. Fine. in the first breitah, it was Rabbi Yoshua said, drinking the cup of wine. in the second breitah, he says, it's to mix the cup of wine. So, how do you reconcile that? Especially, since, uh, so, so ema Linzog Fine, you combine the two. Okay, so it's so it's both mixing it and drinking it. So lema I divide Why not give the other answer we said before? Maybe mixing and drinking is the same amount of time. No, in Cain, heinu because we just said that uh, because we we just said that Reb Eliezer's in the second brysa chazara stekel is the same as Rebbe Eliezer's in the first brises so we basically can't make whatever I'm getting too confused we can't make them equal because we've already made it equal to something else yeah. fine yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll figure it all out on your own yeah. okay yeah. in the first break the banana, they said to fry an egg here he says to drink a cup of wine so I do ninety chaytira. Fine, that's the same. The time it takes to fry an egg. And the time it takes to cup of wine. Okay, over there. The first price, I'm rabbi, logom l'gomah, to swallow the fried egg or an egg. Maybe it's not the fried one. Well, we'll see. Ha ha, mar we with And the second right he says to fry the egg. So ema k'devikidei with slow Fine to fry it and to swallow it. Combine the two, yeah, okay? Sure. Maybe you say frying and swallowing the same. No, he came. No, because we already assigned that position to someone else. Okay, In the first break he said three eggs. To swallow it, so there you can't say it's the same. Is it three eggs or it's one egg. So no, he's talking back to Rebbe Akiva. The Kama Rebbe Akiva said that frying and swallowing ain't. So he said back to Rabbi Akiva, look, I agree with you, but why are you saying flying and swallowing? You could describe it all just in terms of swallowing. You could have just said swallowing because it would have worked out to the same. Fine. Anyway, somehow it manages to reconcile the positions rather than saying what seems the most obvious, which is just there's a different tradition on exactly who said what. Okay, Let's just read one more line to the very bottom. Now the Mir Yomar today seeks to guard tie strings together just a broken string. By Ravashi, the How close are the ends of the string? Are they close or far? Takeu. Okay, we don't know. To take out a a, a splinter or whatever, or a, a toothpick. To the is it tight in her teeth or not? Takeu. We don't know. Okay, stuck. Okay. To take a loaf of bread. the Lomahadik? is the loaf of bread stuck in the in the in, in, in the basket or not stuck? Is it a new basket or an old one? Because if it's a new one, then it's more rough the edges and it'll hold on. To the bread better is, is, the bread bread, is the bread hot or warm or cold? there's no metaphors going on here. the right. sorry is it a is it a is it a uh, out of, uh, out of wheat flour or barley flour akushi is it soft bread or hard bread? Thank you. we don't know okay, and I just have to read the last end of this, and then we'll end with this for today. I'm Rabbi Yosef, I'm every one of these positions, every rabbi, was just looking at himself and figuring out how long it took him. So, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> right, exactly. That's how they came to that amount. Okay. Tomorrow we will find out how, too much information. how tomorrow we will find out how you, you know what, I'm, I am going to read one more line. I can't not read this. Okay. One minute. One minute. Benazai never got married. Because Benazai says, you know, I can't get married. I have to learn Torah all the time. So how could you say the atmoshir? So, Ibai Seyman, Parish, maybe he got married, but then he divorced his wife, or just he left his wife still in Torah. Havey, Ebai seiman. if you want, Me Rabbi Shmiele, oh, he heard from his rabbi, he didn't know about himself. The Ebai seiman. that's like, you know, Torah, he was one of the guys under the bed. The Ebai seiman. if you want, Soda Shem Li oh, he just knew, he was so from, he somehow knew it from Hashem. Oh.